Good day, listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio Program. We're so glad that you've decided to join us. My name is Jonathan, and I'm here with Stephen. Yes, thank you. It's a blessing to be here. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, I would love for us to just dive right in. Okay, Stephen, good. Let's go. We're, we're going to talk about language, right? Yeah, and, and, yeah. And how words you, matter. And Yeah, you know, I'm always trying to understand something, you know? And what I love about God is he shows me things or he sort of points me in a direction and stuff pops out and I try to capture it. And really, that's what a lot of these podcasts are. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm wondering, if I just listened to your language, what would I learn about you? If you just listen to my language, what does my language say about me? And what can we learn by just listening to a person's language? What do they talk about? What do they not talk about? What do they never talk about? What do they get mad about talking about? Well, how does the language help us see us? Mm -hmm. Because remember, I'm on this sort of new thought process. You have to learn yourself because God says, submit all of you. Well, what does that mean? Well, I got to lay down some stuff Mm -hmm. before the Father, and I got to know me so I can lay down me. Right? So that's the first part. And then I need a heavenly plan. And so the question is, does your language work with that too? Are you learning you and submitting more of you and learning more of you and submitting? And it's interesting how in God's plan, you're 10. Oh, and when you get to be good at 10, you're 20. Right. And then when you go to 20, you're 30. It's like God is showing us what he wants to, us to shed off. Mm-hmm. And what he wants to walk in, the disciplines, the spiritual disciplines, and to be emotionally set free. And I'm wondering if you listen to people, can you tell whether they're free mm-hmm. or they're in bondage? That's Are they idea. full of hope and promise? Are they in denial? Are they smart about themselves or are they ignorant? Are they honest? Yeah. So I don't know. I just thought, let's have a conversation. Well, what can we pick up? Because um, people say you have to die to yourself. Does that just mean kill myself off? <laughs> what does that mean, to die to myself? And and doesn't it really mean learn yourself? So God, God um, I'm struggling here. And so I want to talk to you about my struggles. Or I'm fearful here. God, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hopeful here. So I can invite God into all of that. You know, it's interesting because when you said that, the first thing that actually popped into my head was Adam and Eve. Excuse me, go ahead. Which may seem kind of weird. Yeah. Um, But I thought, you know, what happened after Adam and Eve disobeyed the single command that God had given? It says that their eyes were opened and Mm. they recognized that they were naked. Think about this. Before... They had that sense of self-consciousness. Were they a human being? Absolutely, they were a human being, right? Yeah. But before they sinned, guess what the purity of their consciousness was? Yeah. It was a God consciousness. It was a consciousness that had certain things that they didn't recognize about themselves or each other because it was totally saturated with holiness and purity. And And goodness, yes. And so I think when I see about this, about, you know, die to yourself, that language is not saying, okay, go hang myself from a tree or go 
go harm myself. Yeah. I think it's saying, what's the part of yourself that has left Eden? That's it. That's beautiful. Like, that's that it. does not have that sense of just purity and wonder and holiness and innocence. And yes. that's what needs to die that. in yes. order to be you. And isn't that where he came to set us free in all the broken places, mm-hmm. right? We're hard on ourselves. We tear ourselves up. You know, we believe in God, but we run a shame program yeah. and, and we call ourselves name, but we believe in God. But it's like, wait a minute. The, he's trying to get us free from all of that. And does our language show that mm-hmm. when yeah, we talk? Good. So that God wants to meet us in all those broken places, in our nakedness, right? In our fallenness, in our defiance, right? That's where we want to find God. Because I was thinking about this. I went to a church and they said, okay, you'll be a Christian. Don't smoke, don't drink, don't dance. Read your Bible and don't smoke, don't drink, don't cuss, okay? That's a good Christian. So, man, I could be a good Christian. But, of course, I was still in turmoil and pain, and I wasn't set free. Right. But I just denied myself. I was a good little denying Christian. Mm -hmm. But I was lying. I wasn't. He didn't get me. He got the outer behaviors that everybody could judge. But he didn't get me. Yeah. And it's interesting because I was just reading this morning in Romans chapter 14, yeah. Where Paul is talking about how the the more mature believer should treat the more the stronger believer should treat the weaker believer, yeah. and basically talking about you know actually the 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 sign of maturity is that you recognize that all things are good, mm. but you're not going to harm the weaker believer by using your freedom and your conscience to now do something in their presence that their conscience can't bear, like. You know, drinking wine or, 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 you know, eating certain meat or whatever. It's like, okay, I'm not going to do that. I know that all things are good. God declared all food good, all, you know, mm. all these things are good. And so the idea of, of don't, you know, don't smoke, don't drink, don't dance, that's actually, if I can put it just bluntly, that's a sign of an immature believer. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Cause I mean, I'm not saying, ha- I'm not saying they have changed. What they're doing is they're saying, let's keep it you know, reduced to this legalistic, rule-bearing, behavioral behavioral thing, and not realizing that, man, just what I read in Romans 14 is like, man, the the real freedom that God has given us raises us so far above all of those trite rules type things, you know? And then you start to actually experience, again, kind of going back to the garden, right? So I think when when you're talking about language, I think that's an important thing to recognize is like, am I... Am I first and foremost, am I speaking these truths over my own life and my mm. own mind and my own soul? Good. Am I coming back every single day and saying, okay, I need to be reminded of the gospel today. Because and who I am. And who I am, what my identity is. And the is. price that was paid for me. Because there's a part of me inside that wants to torment me and say, no, bad, you, yeah. bad, wrong, you. And the freedom and the beauty and the hope and the joy that that brings into yes. my life. So Yes. So so I've always thought, not always, I recently thought about the spiritual and the emotional. And so that we learn the spiritual. But remember, we were born emotional beings. Mm-hmm. And we have a long history of emotional and then we learn some spiritual little tools and techniques. But we're not free till that stuff goes deep into the deepest places. Right. 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 And that's, I think, I actually think that's a lot of about what Paul was talking about in Romans 14 <laughs> was this idea of 
man, when these spiritual truths start to connect down into your whole being, you recognize that, you know, we don't treat any, you know, the, the, the mature believer doesn't treat any day as any more sacred than any other day or that any food is any less sacred than it's like there's just this freedom because now it's like now it's deep into my soul it's like i'm not being i'm not living my life being dictated by a list of rules but i'm actually in a relationship with the heavenly father yes and that makes in heaven we cobble together a little boy's survival program absolutely yeah. that we're trying to run now and it's falling down and breaking down and falling short and isn't that what the gospel is saying the deepest part of yourself whatever you're holding whatever you're hiding mm-hmm. right is your language saying that yeah that, because the way you're talking is very profound we got to get back to eden mm-hmm We've been set free. And that's just it. I think sometimes, uh, and I think it's important to talk about language in this way, because think about just the word freedom. Uh, you can you can line up 10 different Christians, mm. and you might get 10 variations on what they think that it's word means, weird. based on maybe where they are in their journey, their right. understanding no, of the gospel, right. their right. their traumas, their whatever else. So for so I think even when we use language, we've got to keep uh, uh, expanding it out. And what I mean by that is like, okay, when when I say freedom, maybe I need to say a few more things about that, so then you understand what I actually mean. Well, when but I say I'm freedom. thinking you have a son, right? He's a yeah. college age son. And yeah, he's watching dad. And when dad says freedom, freedom means something to dad at that age that it doesn't mean to your son. And I don't care how many words you say, (laughs) you're not going to get him to know what your brain knows. That's true, yeah. But the whole idea is there are some very powerful words, truth, innocence, freedom, righteous, made holy. Hope, yeah. Go back to Eden. We're made for the Garden of Eden. Go back in your thinking. Protect your innocence. I mean, that language is foreign Mm -hmm. to our culture. That's true. And if we don't speak it, we're going to be caught up in the language of the culture. Yeah, because, you know, the cultural definition of freedom is basically like, Chaos, Anar- anarchy, <laughs> and, yeah. and and just autonomy. Whatever you, you want, yeah. whatever pops into your head. No, no discipline. No, mm-hmm. you know, no spiritual practices of discipline and denial or submission. No, no, no. And when I think of freedom, it is it is inextricably tied to a price that was mm. paid on my behalf. So mm. that I might be free, it's it's tied to Jesus. Mm. So I'm not using freedom in a way that separates me from right. relationship. I'm using a, a, the word as it ties me to the only relationship that matters more than anything. See, when I hear freedom, I think peace and rest. And I've lived in junior programs. Mm. There were wannabe, sort of be, pseudo like freedom. But when you have a taste of freedom, everything falls short. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And so when you say freedom, it's important to say freedom as a father. 
so that your son can use it the best he can until he gets to the ne- next definition of freedom. But he knows that's foundational. We are not in bondage. We are not slaves. Right. We are not the condemned ones, right? Mm-hmm. Freedom is where I is what I hold because and even to practice the discipline that is necessary to hold freedom, to mm-hmm. deny yourself so that you might be free. Sounds crazy. Yeah. But if I deny some slop, mm-hmm. I don't get sick. Yeah. And think about it again, the way I was trying to describe deny yourself. You know, it says uh, die to yourself, deny yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's where you have to understand what's the self that's being talked about there. And I do believe it's that it's that self that was corrupted mm. in that fall, corrupted by that sin. God is not saying that ourselves as a human being made in the image of God is bad. All right. But there's been a corruption to that, right? And that's where language is important. We're not, I mean, this is one of the things that drives me nuts, Stephen. I can't tell you how much it drives me nuts because I've seen it played out in a lot of the men that we serve. And, and it's the shame language that has been dumped into their lives about when you were talking earlier about how people have, even in the church, have tried to make it seem like selflessness is this idea of you're worthless. Oh, right. And and I, I always come back to that, what Jesus himself said all the law and the prophets hinges on this. Love your neighbor how? As, you as yourself. yourself. Yeah. Okay, so you're going to love your neighbor as a worthless piece of crap? Yeah. yeah. Like, no, no. If you're loving your neighbor as, as yourself, then you understand God has a high value of you. He's got That's a high right. view of you. And so therefore, you need to understand that you have great worth and great value. And when it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart mm-hmm. and all your soul and all your mind— and is he saying you're such a piece of dirt? <laughs> so just go try to do this. You'll never do it. Or did he say your design? I've given you a heart and a soul and a mind to love me. That is like, able to, exactly. that's equipped to, that when the program's running right, there is this oneness and bondedness mm-hmm. of, of, man, I am in the right place in the right relation. I'm doing the right thing. And it's so peaceful and restful. Absolutely. So, so I was reading one of my notes that said, "Your heart uh, is deceptively wicked." In one, on one half, I'm asking you a question here. Your heart is deceptive, deceptively wicked. And now, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your. How do you put those right, two yeah. together? How do you put those two together? If your heart is wicked, and we should kill our heart because our heart is wicked, don't pay attention, ignore it. It's just the devil. Kill that. Okay. The the, the best way that I can describe this to you is think of it like cancer. Let's say you've got uh, uh, lung cancer. Are your lungs bad? No, no, you sort of need them to live, right? right. What's bad? The cancer. Yeah. The so wrong the idea part, of, the bad of part. killing the cancer. Keep talking. You know, it's interesting because when when this thought about knowing yourself, I've had this thought for a long time. Uh, people say, I need to know myself. I need to know my, I don't know, my, I have to go off and know myself. And I think to myself, what are you talking about? You know 10,000 things about, you know your favorite food, you know your, your favorite bedroom you've slept in and, and the shoes, and you know all these things. And so why do you say I have to, I have to know myself? 
Well, I think they're talking about the chaos and confusion and turmoil that they haven't figured out. So sometimes our languages, I have to go, I don't know myself, I have to find myself. I always thought that was goofy as all get out. Because I can ask you 10,000 questions. Where'd you go to school? Where were you born? Who are your parents? You can answer 10,000 questions about yourself. Why, do you, why don't you know yourself? But right. to say, deep in my soul is some turmoil and I can't get past it. Mm-hmm. That's better language. And we talked in a program before about the fear. If we could say our fears, that's good use of the language, mm-hmm. right? Because we fear abandonment, rejection, unworthiness. We, we fear being left alone when we're kids. It's funny as I've gotten older. Leave me alone, everybody, okay? <laughs> but as kids, I remember going, hey, what are we going to do this weekend? Yeah. I don't want to be home alone. What's everybody doing? What are you doing? I mean, Wednesday I'm going, what are we doing Friday? What are we doing? What are we doing Saturday? I mean, I was always running with the herd because it gave me belonging and a mm-hmm. sense of worth and value. And now as I've gotten older, I thought, well, that's nice. Well, you know, and I think it's one of the things that you're saying there that I think is important is it's okay to admit that we may not understand everything about ourselves. Yes. Uh, but we need to just state it that way. It's it's like, mm-hmm. you know, rather than saying I'm trying to find myself or I don't know myself. It's like, no, 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 you you know, like you said, you know, you know you. But that doesn't mean you're going to understand every, everything. You're not going to understand everything about what pops into your head and pops. Why did that come in there? Why did yeah. that go? You're not going to understand every thought you ever have or every, you know, feeling you ever have. But that, but you need, we need to use language in a way yes. that, declares that truth. And I would say there are a lot of things that happen inside us that if we think about them, they connect with another piece of something that happened to us. Right. right? right. Very ra- rarely would I ever think of something that I've never thought of. I mean, like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, you know, octopus body parts or something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because it doesn't connect to my story. I don't know. Right. I don't catch octopus. I don't know where octopus. I don't know. Right? Everything that comes up has a place and there's a pattern and we can learn ourselves if we want to learn mm-hmm. ourselves and use language. Because I, I I hear some guys that come to our group and they say, I don't know. Right, yeah. I said, what do you think? Oh, I don't know. Well, what's happening? Oh, I don't know. Is everything okay? I don't know. And man, when I hear I don't know, I immediately think, you are lost. Yeah. How can anybody, I'm asking you about you and you don't know? I'm asking you to tell me you. And you go, I don't know. Yeah. And I, and I I personally believe that that's, that's a type of defense mechanism. It's a, it's a way of hiding, mm-hmm. right? Because um, nine times out of ten, what's behind that I don't know is I don't want to reveal this about me. Yeah. I don't want to reveal my ignorance or I don't want to reveal my fear. I don't want to reveal my it's shame. True. I don't want to let that out. I don't want to let yeah. that be known. Because it's not that I don't know. It's that I don't want to answer your question. I and don't want engage to, I, I don't want to go where you're asking me to go. And have a dialogue, right? right? Yeah. And I have to use my language to express myself and we talk about. Now, with that being said, when we talk about emotions, mm-hmm. I think it is important to recognize the places where there may be true ignorance. So, again, we always talk about being on a growth mission, right? Right. So I think part of this this session needs to be about what does the growth mission look like as it pertains to language. And for a lot of men out there especially, there is a 
there is some level of true ignorance about being able to put a word onto a, an emotion. So they never heard it. They don't so, practice. They don't so know. So there, yes. there is a learning journey, but we've got to yes. be willing to learn, right? Yes. So if, it's, if, if I truly can say, I don't know how to express what I'm feeling right now in a word, okay, well, let's get better tools. That's great. That's right. That's honest. Yeah. But, you know, I think about this. Think about how many TV shows you've watched, you know, and little clips you've seen. Talk about how many people you've talked to, had any conversation at all in your lifetime. There's plenty of language out there. There are plenty of stories that we can borrow from, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and yet, I don't know, it's just that. It's like a, a, a blockade. It's like a stop, don't come after me, leave me alone. I don't know, I don't wanna know, I don't want you to know. Anyway, th then you think about the other words. You hear people that are judgmental, they're critical, they're negative, they're pessimists. And I think, what's in your heart if those are the words, you know, you can't trust Susie and Sally and old Fred, he's a jerk, and Roger, man, you can't believe it. he's stupid, and Lily is retarded, and I mean, you just hear people say stupid things. Like, I wonder how much peace and joy you have. Right. You're just critical of everyone. My my problem, Stephen, is that I'm I'm bilingual and my second language is sarcasm. And so <laughs> I've often wondered what that says about me that I see the see life kind of through this grid of sarcasm a lot of times. But is in you're not playing with words because sometimes I'll play with words and be goofy and silly. Yeah. When you say sarcasm, what, what explain to me what that how you're using what? Well, what just just kind of this. Uh, this darker kind of humor or just wanting to kind of overstate the obvious or, or kind of expose real kind of lunacy. But is there a cutting to it? <laughs> Not usually. Or is there a I'm, laughter to it? It's way more towards the laughter side. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, no, I, 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 I do not. Like if I'm going to be sarcastic around people, it's it's got to be a group that, that I you know. know. Yeah, it's safe. I'm not going to just jump into a group. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I'm not. Because that sounds a little like humor. I'll I'll be dumb sometimes, and and I'll I'll play or spin a word, or you know I like to be goofy once in a while and mess with people, and then they don't know is he is he that dumb? Does he really not know? Because oh, yeah. it's just fun to play with words and language, sure, yeah. you know. So the other thing is, can you talk to God about your fears and your hurts and your wounds and your broken promises and? And can you make him Lord of those places? Mm -hmm. Because you have them and I have them. And when we talk, if we talk about them, people don't call us hypocrites. Right. They talk. They call us real Christians that are working through stuff. Mm -hmm. But if it's just like, I'm, I'm all good, everything's good, God's yeah. good, you're good, I'm good, we're good. Nothing scares me, nothing confuses me. Nothing, yeah, 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 like, yeah whatever. No. So we're, we're all on this growth mission that you and I have been talking about. And so I'd like to say part of the change has to occur with a lot of thank yous. I mean, gratitude mm -hmm. is, is huge because every day there's a pain, a disappointment, watch the news, a heartbreak, a tragedy, you know, and you talk to people and they talk about politics, arguments, mm -hmm. the shootings, traffic, you know, and it's like it's exhausting. Yeah, one of the things that I've that I picked up many years ago, which has actually been a real 
a real helpful, just practical thing to do yeah. every day that's just helped me kind of be able to reframe each day is um, uh, as I write in a journal every day, um, I make sure that I make at least one gratitude statement. Mm. And Stephen, sometimes it's something as, you know, simple as, Lord, thank you for that songbird, you know, out there this morning, or, mm. or thank you for that spectacular cup of coffee at such and such place, or, or thank you for so-and-so, bless their lives. It just, it's sweet. Because what it does is it, it does sort of help to reframe life bigger than just yourself. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, gratitude always has to go outside of yourself. So that even the language has to point towards something outside of you. Yes. Because yes. you're saying thank you. And thank so you. Um, I found that to be a good exercise to just kind practice of try to gratitude life. Yeah. and say a lot of thank yous and express appreciation. Right? And, and actually to... I mean, obviously, I'm doing it in a journal, and so there's words there, but but also to verbalize those things. Like yes. when, when you, it's one thing to feel appreciation, but we're talking about language here, right? And we need to speak those things That's out right. and not just think it. And the power of life and death, yeah, is in the is word in your tongue, yeah. right? The power of life and death is in the tongue. Speak truth, right? So, so I, I would like to share a little bit with how my prayer life has been going and my language of prayer is. So I get up in the morning and I walk this little loop, okay? And the first uh, walking around that loop is me telling the Father everything on my mind. I'm just talking to God. Thank you for a good night's sleep. I'm worried about can I make this? The schedule's tight. Uh, help me not forget to go over here. Uh, I'm worried about this bill or um, an aging parent or a a kid working overnight. And I'm just talking to God. I'm just saying everything in my mind. Because on the next few laps around, stuff pops into my head. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's answers. Mm. So... So I would like to propose that we use our language even in a prayerful manner to our Heavenly Father. And, and you know, the word is Abba. So I say, Abba and I are going for a walk. And now that's Jewish, right? Right. And so sometimes I say, Papa and I are going for a walk. And I just tell him everything in my mind. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to pray. People say, read this book and do these seven steps and pray for this, this, this. It's like, that's a lot of trouble. (laughs) When I'm with my kid, I just want her to tell me what she's thinking about, Mm -hmm. what she's going through. You have to check in with me. You don't have to tell me how this is. Just talk. And so my daughter, when she's with me, we we just talk and laugh. and we I don't have any expectation. I just like being with her. Mm -hmm. And whatever she says is fine. And then what she didn't say today, well, we could catch up next time so there's a sense of peace and rest and i'm using my language to verbalize everything in my head mm-hmm. to my heavenly father That's so cool. i can get my head to rest because if i get it out i've said it i can get myself to rest yeah. and we want restful language we want peace in our soul we want joy life's full of joy right mm-hmm. and if we can walk with abba yeah. And what does he want? He just wants us to be with him. 
And he wants to know what we're doing. He doesn't need anything from us. He doesn't go, I hope you do this today because if you don't, I'm going to not sleep well tonight. No, he just wants us to talk to him. So in your language, practice gratitude with each other and walk with Abba. I think that's a good place to land the plane. So we hope that this has been helpful for getting you to think about language and and, uh, and how you use it. And um, and if you want more help along the way, please reach out to us. And, yes. and we look forward to seeing you back here again next time. Take care. God bless. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.